Welcome to Supply Chain Now, the voice of global supply chain. Supply Chain Now focuses on the best in the business for our worldwide audience, the people, the technologies, the best practices, and today's critical issues, the challenges, and opportunities. Stay tuned to hear from those making global business happen right here on Supply Chain Now. Hey, good morning, everybody. Scott Luden and Greg White with you here on Supply Chain Now. Welcome to today's show. Greg, how you doing? I am doing quite well. How are you? Doing wonderful. Doing wonderful. We're easing into early fall here in the metro Atlanta area. A little bit slightly cooler temps. Okay. Uh, my garden's waving the white flag, so that's a whole other story. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, all that aside, today, kidding aside, we've got a big show teed up as we're interviewing yep. the supply chain leader of a Fortune 500 company that serves healthcare professionals worldwide. Are you ready right. for this, Greg? I am. I'm a big fan, have to confess, right? That's my my early disclosure, big fan. Um, yeah, I, and you know, because of the business they're in, I made sure I brushed my teeth and gargled and all that stuff so <laughs> that we're, we're ready for our guest. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, I'm excited too. We've enjoyed the prep uh, with uh, Jim and his team. So let's formally welcome him in. Uh, our guest today, Jim Mullen, Senior Vice President, Global Supply Chain with Henry Shine. Jim, how you doing? Doing great, Scott. Uh, Greg, nice to see you and really appreciate uh, being on with both of you today. So thank you. <laughs> thank you. I always try to be hygienic, you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, beyond Greg's hygiene, we've got some big topics to talk here today. Uh, but we want to start where we typically start with many of our guests, Jim, yeah. you know, before we get into the heavy lifting. Tell us, we'll get to know you a little better. So tell us, where did you grow up and give us some anecdotes about your upbringing? Yeah, so I was born and raised on Long Island. Um, uh, great, great place to, to, to grow up. I still reside on Long Island. I'm actually... Uh, the Henry Schein Corporate Worldwide Corporate Headquarters uh, is is on Long Island as well. So, you know, I, I think uh, the the joke is if you're born on Long Island, you're not allowed to leave. So, um, you know, I've been I've been here pretty much uh, you know my, my entire my entire life. So, uh, great restaurants, great beaches, uh, uh, and just really a great community to to grow up in. So, uh, again, great to be here this morning. Agreed. All right, one quick follow up to that. Um, what, what, what sports team are you most passionate about? Oh, here we go. Um, J E T S jets, jets, jets. Um, <laughs> but that please don't tell anybody. Yeah. It's, <laughs> <laughs> well, Hey, we hope the jets continue rebuilding. I'll tell you, we were just talking with a, uh, a previous guest, Greg, about the bill parcel years, uh, with the jets. So who knows? Well, maybe this is the year they get back. I don't know. Um, cool. So, Greg, I know him talking about Long Island and, and you know, company headquarters and that stuff, and that rings a bell with you, right? Where are we going next with Jim? Yeah, well, I mean, I, so I did a lot of business with Henry Schein. The very first piece of technology that my company built was, was for Henry Schein. So, um, and I've been really deeply involved, hence the disclaimer, because, you know, I've learned a lot about it. Jim and I crossed paths. We can't pin it down to exactly where, but we did cross paths there many, many eons ago. And so I'd love, and Jim, you've been with Henry Schein for a long time, and I'd love to understand and, and have our listeners understand what was a, a role or a responsibility that you've had over the last several years that really sort of shaped how you see business, how you see the world? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question, Greg. 
I'm not sure if it, if it was a specific role. Uh, as you mentioned, I, I've been with the company for 34 years, um, and we had one distribution center here on on Long Island. Uh, totally domestic business, telesales business, wasn't even a full service business back in 1988. As we continued to grow and branch out, um, and went moved into uh, you know outside of North America, we initially into Europe. That's when I started to, to really understand a little bit more about international business, um, uh, really understanding as the company kind of tapped into other parts of the world, that's where I really started to really understand a little bit more of the, the, the cultures, uh, how businesses operated. Um, so it wasn't a specific role. Uh, you know, as my career advanced, uh, you know, I did have more, as of today, have more global roles. But really, mm. it started as the company kind of expanded. I started to learn a little bit more uh, and become a little bit more uh, understanding on, on how the rest of the world operated. Yeah, you you all had a lot of opportunity. We talked a little bit in the green room about the expansion into Europe and and other business and role or entities um, and business lines. And you've kind of over the years gone in and out of various lines. But can you share with us a little bit of what Henry Schein does today or, you know, what you've done in the past. Anyway, what the business is about, um, sure. just to give folks an idea. Yeah, you, you know, I, I like to explain, Henry Sean, we're a healthcare organization. Um, and I think the, the, the simple way to think about it is if you walk into a dentist or a doctor's office, the chair you sit in, to the anesthetic that they use, to the gloves, the masks, the technology to help support and run their business, that's what we sell. Uh, we have uh, five major businesses. We have our uh, North American uh, distribution business. We have our international distribution business. Uh, we have our uh, strategic business unit group, which is manufacturing, uh, along with some other healthcare-related uh, organizations. Uh, our global oral reconstruction group, uh, which is uh, which they make uh, our dental implants, bone uh, regeneration type products. And then our, our last, uh, our fifth part of the, the, the business is our technology business. So as I mentioned earlier, the software, the technology that integrates all of the equipment uh, and uh, all of the technology to help uh, a practice run more effectively and more efficiently. I, I mean, you can actually deliver essentially a dentist office in a box, right? If somebody is just starting out in practice, I know that you had in the past basically been able to deliver everything they need except for the four walls. Are you still in that business? Absolutely. So, you know, uh, put together a startup order for, for, for the, the, the new customers, which, you, which we do on a daily basis, whether it's a large institutional customer or, a, you know, a single practitioner. Uh, and uh, again, anything from, uh, you know, setting up the business, the, the construction, the design of the office, all the way to getting the products to uh, to uh, our customers. Mm, that's very very. Uh, that's very cool, and it, it sounds really challenging. And you know, of course, I know you've faced a lot of those challenges over the year. But when you when you think about some of those supply chain challenges, right? You're you know, when you think about the healthcare industry or your specific industry, um, especially as you think about supply chain, what are some of the things that you all do that are, I mean, aside from that sort of office in a box that might be a surprise to to our listeners? Yeah, I think, you know, 
we behind every package is a patient. That's the way we we look at it, right? The you know our customers are the are the physicians, uh, are the dentists, but we know that at the end of the day, it's all about the patient uh, and the patient care. So we help health happen uh, is one of our our taglines and, and how we communicate to our customers. I think one of the things that we're seeing now, Greg, is sustainability uh, is more is coming more to the forefront. Um, both for, you know, well, from our, our suppliers, from our customers, and from our investment community as being part of, uh, you know, a, a Fortune 500 organization. Right. So our, our supplier partners, our customers, our larger customers, our, and our government uh, customers, it's a prerequisite uh, to, be, uh, to have a sustainability program and to prove it. So, um, you know, sustainability isn't just good for the planet, which is critical, but it's good for business as well. Uh, and also, uh, you know, Jim, can I butt in for a second? That is an excellent point because as important as sustainability is for our planet, right? The right thing to do. It's also really powerful for business, right? It, it really is. Uh, and uh, the team has done a very good job on, uh, you know, putting together a plan, a roadmap uh, for our sustainability uh, process. And it's a global, it's a global program uh, and uh, absolutely important for both the planet and for, for business as well. I think you that's know, an important distinction, Jim. Sorry, man. All right, let me no, do that. Ag- let me do that again. I think that's an important distinction, Jim, because companies very often think one is a trade-off for the other. And long ago at Henry Schein and at lots of other companies, companies learned that you can both optimize your inventory and increase your service level. Something, by the way, Scott, that Henry Schein has done with incredible excellence. And I think if we think about sustainability in the same way, you can both improve your business, I think top line as well as bottom line with sustainable initiatives um, and increase profitability, of course. So I think we have to stop thinking about it as, as a zero sum game. Right and recognize that there's abundance there. Yeah, I, I agree, Greg. I think it needs to be incorporated into the fabric of, of your organization. And like anything else, um, you, we can't do everything at once. It needs to be prioritized on what makes sense, you know, from a business perspective, how it's going to impact the customer, and obviously there's always budgets involved. Uh, so it's prioritization on uh, creating that roadmap and getting to uh, where we need to get to. Mm. So let's keep going down the path. We're, you know, we're, we're kind of talking priorities uh, for the company moving in you know, now and moving in 2023. We're also talking at the same time about some of the things that may surprise some of our listeners about the healthcare industry. Jim, what else would you add to that? Yeah, I think, you know, besides sustainability, I think maybe what your listen, listeners maybe want to know about, uh, you know, the healthcare industry is that there's several aspects to, to supply chain. Uh, there's the cold chain process. There's pharmaceuticals, there's uh, vac- vaccines, which we're heavily involved with. There's, you know, regulated type items, whether it's medical devices, control substances. So it's a complex supply chain that uh, very several different aspects that the team focuses in on. Um, you know, we also, uh, Scott, just started uh, our three-year strategic plan. Uh, so, and part of that strategic plan, uh, when it comes to supply chain, um, a lot of the focus is on technology um, and, uh, you know, incorporating technology into the supply chain, whether it's upfront uh, with software, with our, with our purchasing systems, 
being able to forecast better than we ever had, um, be able to uh, make sure we're acquiring the product at the right time, at the right place, at the right price. So we're focusing on technology at the inventory management level, as well as uh, technology within our distribution and manufacturing facilities. Um, we're not a total robotic uh, distribution network. Um, we balance our technology with our team um, and with the war on talent and the challenges with uh, you know, recruiting uh, within most industries, uh, that balance between technology and you know your team, your employees is is critical, and and then finally you know well, the, the third aspect of, of of technology is the visibility software uh, to, to to see you know your products throughout the entire supply chain, and I think many companies along with us have kind of learned the hard way over the last couple of years that if you lose that visibility uh, of the product throughout the supply chain you know, your decision-making becomes that more challenging and that more difficult. So um, those are three areas uh, on the, on the, the fourth area on the strategic plan is, you know, continuing to develop uh, our team, our team shine members, as, as we call them. And uh, both by training and building that succession plan to have a strong bench as we kind of move forward. So the technology, technology part of it, as well as, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the talent within our, you know, our internal team. So, Gray, I'm going to get you to respond to that. Yeah. Uh, technology, forecasting, talent, visibility, team shine, development. Uh, you know, it seems like a, a powerful list to me. Your response, Greg? Yeah, well, I, you know, um, even a while back, what really impressed me about Henry Shine was the fact that so it, it um, the way that they deliver to the practitioners in the office, they were essentially an e-commerce business, B2B e-commerce business selling units, sometimes selling cases, but not distribution as such, right? We It's called distribution, but really it's e-commerce for business. Um, and the, the efficiency that's required to do that, to send someone a, a package of tongue depressors or whatever else, right, um, is, is incredible. And they attacked that early on and they continue to improve. Uh, you know, this is more broad market kind of perspective, but I remember, and it, and it still happens today, people would go, okay, Henry Schein beat earnings again or increased sales again or whatever. Again, they can't, They literally, this was happening in the early 2000s. They can't do it again. And clearly they did not see the constant evolution and improvement that was going on within the organization. Probably couldn't, I think that's illegal. But, <laughs> but it's so obvious. <laughs> It is so obvious that I think, um, you know, a lot, the market took too much of a, I want to say, um, kind of uh, speculative view of the company rather than an analytical view. And um, you could just see the company continuing to improve and it continues to do so. They continue to acquire more companies, as you talked about, and increase the efficiency, which is already, I would argue, at least market leading, maybe world leading when it comes to supply chain. Well, thank you for a perfect segue. And by the way, you're an industry insider. Industry terms like tongue depressor. Greg, you surprised me with man. No, those things. <laughs> that was um, the only thing I could think of, Jim. Was <laughs> I'm, I'm proud of you, Greg. Good job. Yeah, thanks, man. I, I, I know there's a lot of really cool and important stuff that you ship, but you know, tongue depressors come to mind, don't they? They're just as important as our, our other products. So absolutely. Excellent. Excellent uh, segue there, uh, Jim. So Greg mentioned acquisitions because that, that's been really amongst 
the Henry Schein story of late, you know, going back last year or two, several acquisitions have been made in recent months. And you also mentioned, Jim, complexity. There's been no shortage of complexity in supply chain, really global business uh, for that matter here lately. What's a key element or two that you can share from the plan to successfully incorporate, or some folks call it the wiring of the of their supply chain operations into the enterprise? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a good question. You know, we, we average about 12 to 15 acquisitions a year. And that, that, that's going back as far as I can remember. Um, so our strategy, uh, Scott, is to grow organically, of course, but also to grow through M&A, uh, through our acquisitions. And, you know, we acquire, whether it's organizations or products uh, that help us differentiate that with, with, our, with our customers. And it strengthens our position in certain regions and certain categories. Um, we've been successful with M&A, uh, in my mind, is because we, we have a, a real solid approach, starting with the due diligence process, um, all the way to if we do, we have many standalone uh, businesses after we acquire them or, or uh, you know, join partnerships with them. And there's others that if it, if it makes sense to integrate into our core business, when we have our core competency, we do that as well. So we have a good integration plan. Um, the plan itself, it, it, it's, it touches every aspect, whether it's communication to our customers, whether it's legal aspects, but also from a supply chain standpoint to understand where are these new customers are located, how are we going to get the product to them the same way we get to our current customers, so day one of a, of a of an integration or for a new customer, it's like they 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 can even provide their old uh, customer customer number or information, and the due diligence that we did up front brings everything together. At the end of the day, it's all about um, the, the 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 culture of the organization. Again, I've been part of many uh, acquisitions. We have partnered or I've gone to partner with several businesses. It made, it was the right business. It was the right location. It was the right thing for our customers until we get to the point of understanding the values and the culture of that company. If that doesn't fit with ours, we walk away. We've walked away uh, and it's the right thing to do at the end of the day uh, because we know a lot of integrations fail because of of, of that uh, component. So yeah. very proud of the way we handle that. And again, as it relates to the supply chain, a lot of diligence, a lot of legwork is done upfront, working with our carrier partners, working with our supplier partners to ensure that when we move forward with that uh, acquisition, that the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed. So Greg, uh, man, Jim shared a lot in, in, in that response. And, and there's a, obviously a lot that goes into uh, an organization that's able to act on those 12 to 15 transactions a year and grow and focus on organic, organic growth. Hey, if it's easy, it's, it's probably not difficult of enough of a journey. Greg, respond to that though. What, what did you hear Jim say, especially when it comes to really successfully integrating these new uh, acquisitions? Well, I can verify a lot of it. I mean, the, the culture fit is absolutely critical. So, you know, one of the things that I did way back when um, was uh, and I'm having flashbacks, Jim, to, uh, you know, working with your team, right? When, when you were in the customer success, I know that's not the title you guys used, but that in that area, but 
integrating a lot of those companies. And there is, um, the culture was a huge part of it. And you'd have to meet uh, Stan Bergman, who's the CEO at Henry Schein, to understand how important that is. Jerry Benjamin also. Um, I thought Jerry'd be retired by now, Jim. It, right? It, actually, he retired uh, two months ago. So, oh, yeah. he did. Oh, congratulations to him. I, th- I was afraid he was never going to stop working. Yeah. Oh, well, he's still, um, he's still connected. <laughs> yeah, of course he is. <laughs> anyway, they've those, those two in particular have built a great culture, and and leaders like Jim carry that throughout the organization, and they do. They project it into the companies that they acquire, and it's not only a um, you know a a, a strong culture in terms of valuing people, but balancing that valuing of people with valuing the financials. They're very, um, very fiscally driven. And I say that in, I mean, you probably need to temper that with, they are very fiscally responsible, very um, uh, appropriate um, managers of the shareholders' uh, equity and money but do so with an incredible balance around the people. It was always a great place to work, a great lot of fun, and even in unbelievable, in unbelievably stressful times. But um, the spirit of the place is, is really the thing that I think stands out, out for me. I mean, obviously, they're, a, um, they're a, a great organization in terms of integration of, of the acquisitions. They do a fantastic job. They have an entire group of people that focus on that, as Jim was talking about, and they've made it into something that is a core strength of the company. So, um, gosh, sorry, fanboy here. <laughs> so, well, but, but, but I mean, it is, I, I really have always thought, have thought for 22 years, frankly, that more companies ought to approach business generally, but speci- supply chain specifically the way Henry Shine does. They flipped the culture from a sales cultured company to um, to uh, to pr- projecting the culture of the supply chain organization into the rest of uh, the organization in terms of excellence and efficiency and accountability. So, um, you know, those are probably things Jim you've seen evolve over twenty two years, but they were still you know, and they're matter of fact for you. But I think they are still new concepts for your your organization to be kind of a leader in defining the business culture of the company is a really, really rare thing. Was 22 years ago, still is today, even with the rise of prominence of supply chain. Yeah, we, we have a special, it's well said, Greg, we have a special relationship with our business leaders. Um, you know, it's, it's you know, we, we make it a point with our VC directors to reach out uh, constantly uh, to the business leaders within the regions that they support from a distribution standpoint. So it's not the first time they're talking with a, uh, you know, a regional or a zone manager when, when there's an issue. They're reaching out, how are we doing? What are you hearing? So that that connection um, creates that uh, relationship and building the, the building the team. We do that at every level uh, from a supply chain perspective, and that it really showed um, during the pandemic when there was challenges with getting product, shipping product. Uh, you know, and, and you know the team knew who to go to, um, and the team knew that they had the trust in us, knowing that we're going to be reaching out and telling them and updating them on how things are going, what's going well, what the challenges we're having, and what the plan is to correct those. So to your point, Greg, that connection and that uh, communication between the business leaders and supply chain 
is critical. It shouldn't only happen when there's issues. It should happen when things are going well and to build, continue to build that relationship or those relationships. And that you're, you're, you're speaking to how you can really fully uh, operate, operationalize the competitive advantage that supply chain can be rather than it just be reactive and problem solving. You're leveraging, I, I would venture to guess, a big part of what's driven growth for the organization because it has been proactive relationships between supply chain and, and the business side uh, or the different business side. Um, and you, gosh, you've come a long way. Uh, 34 years, you sit on the front end. Uh, when you began, it was, you had one distribution uh, center. Goodness gracious. Um, look, at how, look at how far we've come. So let's talk about the shift gears as we kind of come down the home stretch. Uh, I, I believe we could probably have a supply chain conversation for a couple hours uh, with you, Jim. <laughs> um, but I want to shift gears because our listeners oftentimes, especially the segment that maybe they're still matriculating through some of the leading supply chain universities or, or any university uh, to break an industry. Maybe they've already you know, recently graduated and been working for a year or two now. If you had to, you know, if you had a captive room of these folks that really want to break into supply chain and work their way up in senior levels of leadership, like you have, what advice would you would you would you offer them? Yeah, first I would say, uh, if, if you don't have one now, engage in a mentor. Uh, I think I think all successful uh, uh, people with whether within supply chain or outside of supply chain really needs a mentor to bounce things off of uh, to, to to get advice. Uh, sometimes some tough love there as well kind of uh, helps on, on how to make your decisions as you move forward. But also to be curious and to learn, uh, to be part of uh, a podcast as Supply Chain Now, uh, to, to, to learn, to read. As we know, supply chain, uh, uh, changes in supply chain are happening faster than, than ever. Um, and it's, it's hard even as senior uh, supply chain executives to, to, to keep up with all of the changes, what's happening in, in, in the different industries. But, you know, I would also recommend to be part of cross-functional initiatives or projects within your organization. Again, supply chain is, is it goes across whether it's transportation, whether it's inventory management, whether it's distribution. When there's an opportunity to be part of a cross-functional cross, uh, cross initiative, I would re highly recommend, and I, 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 I Kind of preach that to my team as well to be part of it uh, and even if it's outside of the supply chain to get those connections with other parts of your organization to actually promote and really help um, the rest of the organization understand what the supply chain team does and how it can benefit with those connections so again mentoring uh, be curious and uh, really get involved with uh, some cross-functional initiatives, I think would be uh, my recommendation. Excellent recommendations. And we, you know, there's no been doubt. common threads in some of the responses that Greg, we've heard from, from other leaders that have uh, done big things like Jim's been doing. Greg, really quick, before we talk Eureka moment uh, with Jim, out of that list of recommendations, what would be one that you'd want to double down on, Greg? Well, one that I think is relatively unique is is getting involved in cross-functional initiatives, right? Um, Jim's a great example of that. I mean, he ran customer service, the, the customer-facing people who took the heat when supply chain, arguably, or whatever aspect of the company may have created a challenge for those customers. So he is, you know, is uniquely positioned to understand the impact that supply chain had. And 
probably is less of a revelation for you, Jim, than it is for a lot of other people who just discovered, oh, yeah, it's just not about getting boxes in the warehouse. We have to get them to the customer, too, and they have to be happy about it. Uh, but I, I think that cross-functional aspect is critical because one of the things that really hinders supply chain is silos, and you just can't have them. And the culture of sharing and transparency between all of those leaders at Henry Schein is, is because of that cross-functional understanding, that intentional initiative to integrate with and, and, and be connected with all of the other departments that, that you touch or impact through in your daily job. Excellent point, Greg. And, you know, you can't bust down, break down silos if you can't see them. And I think one of the advantages, Jim, to your, you and Greg's both, both your points is if you have experience in those cross-functional areas, some of the silos that, that do exist, some of the other breakdowns in between the functional areas of an organization will be more visible and you can address them as leaders. Um, okay. So uh, we've all, Jim, as we as we come down the home stretch here, we've all had plenty of eureka moments over the last couple of years. Goodness gracious, sometimes hourly, but at a minimum, typically daily. When you look back um, with you and your team and what y'all been able to accomplish and persevere through, what's been one of your strongest eureka moments from the last year or two? Yeah, um, great question. Um, it, it's certainly the ability uh, to uh, acquire personal protective equipment, the PPE, that many of us uh, on call uh, were aware of. Again, being a healthcare company, um, you know, to acquire that product, um, to uh, get it in-house and then get it to the healthcare professionals that needed it um, to be able to uh, deal and, 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 and treat the, the patients over the last couple of years during the pandemic uh, was critical. And I, I can say, Scott, that the team, um, beyond supply chain, but I'm so proud of the supply chain team, the sourcing team, uh, they work tirelessly uh, from acquiring product to receiving the product to picking, packing, shipping the product and getting it to the right parts of the country through the world uh, to ensure that we were being partners with the healthcare community we were even shipping certain products. Again, a lot of this was allocation as was coming in to non-customers to a certain extent because we knew it was the right thing to do as an organization to get it to uh, a group. Uh, we took care of our customers, of course, uh, and uh, at the end of the day, uh, we did the right thing as an organization. Uh, and it goes back to our, uh, you know, uh, you know, our uh, social responsibilities part of that as well. But that, um, without a doubt. And what it did do as well, uh, we, I talked about relationships before. Having strong relationships with your supplier partners um, and knowing that as we're getting product, they know it's going to be received properly, get it to the right place. Everybody was in this together. Uh, so having those relationships uh, helped us acquire, a, you know, a above our allocation in many cases, right? Uh, as well as the importance of the public-private partnership, working with the government, um, you know, they're great uh, at, at a lot of things, but, you know, coming, they, they came to the experts within the industries and said, how can you help us get products to certain places? So that was really, really important uh, to have those relationships. And also data, having data was just as important of having product, mm. right? So having data of what we needed to get, where we needed to go to, 
was really important. So um, that was, that's, I, I think, the eureka moment for the supply chain organization over the last uh, year or two. Thank you, Jim. Uh, and going back to where, where can you started your answer, some of the things you've touched on earlier, I'll tell you one of my favorite eureka moments, Greg, is how consumers have had their own eureka moments that come to appreciate our global healthcare professional community, our global supply chain professional community, and how they kept really in so big, impactful ways the, the world moving forward and protected the psyche of so many as we dealt with what we've gone through these last few years. So, Jim, appreciate what you and your team do there. Um, Greg, I'm going to circle back to your key takeaway in a second. I want to make sure, sure folks know how to connect with the growing organization. Um, in many ways, the industry uh, standard bearer that is Henry Shine. So, Jim, appreciate all that you've shared here today and letting us you know, have a chance of, of taking a peek into um, some of the things that fuels you and your organization's success. How can our listeners connect with you and Henry Shine? I think the best way, Scott, is through LinkedIn, Henry Schein LinkedIn, or, um, you know, www.henryshine.com. Uh, a lot of great information, whether it's uh, about the organization, the leadership, uh, opportunities, and, uh, and you know, a little more, bit more of uh, information of, of, of how we operate and how we connect, uh, you know, with society. So um, I think those are the two key areas. Wonderful. And I enjoy some of the uh, digital media and the interviews and fireside chats you're putting out. So a lot of good stuff there. Uh, Jim Mullins, thanks for your time. Senior Vice President, Global Supply Chain with Henry Schein. Thank you, Jim. Um, before Jim leaves us, though, Greg, let's talk about Jim as if he's not still with us. Because I know you, Greg, you, you my favorite thing to do. <laughs> so J Jim has really shared uh, in, in so many different ways, you know, some commonalities that, that some of our supply chain leaders we've interviewed have shared, and then some unique differences based on the rapid growth internally and, um, you know, from uh, acquisition and or organically. What's been, and then some, but what's been one of your favorite things Jim has shared with us here today? Yeah, I, I would have to say it's, you know, to go back to the cross-functional aspect of it. I mean, that it probably doesn't describe it as effectively at cross-functional from my perspective, may not describe it as a, as at the great depth that they do it at Henry Shine. I mean, it, it, they actually have intentional initiatives of spending time when you start at Henry Shine with with. Uh, people in other departments, right? And constantly communicating. That transparency is both internal and external. And I mean, think about the old days of supply chain um, when the reports were mostly, how did you hurt the company today? <laughs> right? And, and, um, and salespeople yelling at supply chain, supply chain yelling back at sales, marketing, customer success, whatever. All of that was, was very uh, conflict-driven. But the transparency and the education that they th share throughout the organization creates an understanding that, as Jim, you pointed out earlier, sorry, he's not here, as Jim pointed out earlier, uh, <laughs> creates an understanding where instead of yelling, you screwed us, they, they come to somebody and go, hey, this is not the result we wanted to get. How can we work together to, to improve this? And they trust one another at a much much higher level. And I think that's a really, really important distinction. I say all of this, and I'm going to preface or end this with an apology to Jim, because I have a feeling that all kinds of retailers and distributors and, and B2B companies are going to be coming to Jim and going, how did you build that? How do you do that? So get ready for some tours from some <laughs> other supply chain leaders, Jim, because they're going to want to know. And I, I think, frankly, they should. Mm. learn as much as they can before you waste James time, Jim's time, by the way, but, um, <laughs> but they should 
kind of model what Henry Schein has done because they've been doing it for a long time. They were way ahead of the curve in terms of things like diversifying sourcing outside of China for PPE. And I think that probably helped them um, during the, you know, the difficult times of the pandemic, but also operational and, and uh, in enterprise communication and that sort of thing. I just think there's a lot to learn there still. They're still, I would argue, way ahead of many, many companies in terms of not just supply chain, but, but business and corporate culture. Thank you, Greg. Uh, I really appreciate that. And Jim, we really appreciate your time here today. Uh, Jim Mullins with Henry Schein. We look forward to reconnecting with you again soon, Jim. Scott, Greg, thank you very much, uh, very much for, for having me today. Um, and uh, good luck and your success with supply chain now. And uh, love listening to you guys. So uh, all, all the best of luck. Thank you. Thanks, Jim. You have made our day, Jim. Thank you so <laughs> yeah, much for man. that. Um, Greg, really appreciate your insights here and your unique, unique uh, aspect of your journey and, and your knowledge of what uh, how Henry Shine is setting the bar in so many different ways. Uh, always a pleasure to knock out these conversations with you. Hey, to our listeners, unfortunately, we've got to leave it here today, but hopefully you've enjoyed this episode as much as we have. A, 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 a master class in many ways and some different, uh, some different things you're going to hear in this conversation than what you hear in some of our others. But whatever you do, right, it's about deeds, not words. Scott Luton, Greg White, and our team challenging you to, hey, do good, give forward, and be the change that's needed. And with that said, we'll see you next time right back here on Supply Chain Now. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for being a part of our Supply Chain Now community. Check out all of our programming at supplychainnow.com and make sure you subscribe to Supply Chain Now anywhere you listen to podcasts and follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. See you next time on Supply Chain Now. Supply Chain Now.